enter the world of Mind Your Own Marketing Business, explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. George is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Sarah Bodner from Conklin Media. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Yes, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it very much. Um, As always, I want to learn a little bit about you and how you came to be. So tell me a little bit about um, first your career and what position you hold at Conklin Media. Yeah, so I'm currently the digital content manager at Conklin Media. So I head up our content and SEO departments. And as far as how I got started, I think like a lot of people in the industry, I did not expect to be in marketing. So I think if you would have asked me like even five, six, maybe seven years ago at this point, you know, where I thought I would be, like I would not have expected to be here. Yeah, yeah. originally I started... um, studying like international affairs and then worked um, for some international nonprofits. So I was in Washington, D.C. for a little bit and then Cairo, Egypt. And it was when I was in Egypt that I got my first taste of marketing. Um, One of my most of my tasks there were related to like donor relations and communications work. So a lot of writing, grant proposals, that sort of thing. But they did put me in charge of their English website, which was just this like absolute monster of a WordPress site. And I had no idea how to do anything. Like, you know, I'm like on YouTube trying to see how to like log into the back end of it. Um, But so I was publishing blog posts and just started learning more about how I could make them better as far as like optimization would go. And then I just got really curious about who was visiting the website. And that's when I discovered that like Google analytics were a thing. So I kind of taught myself how to install those and then how to monitor it. And that was just like a really exciting moment for me. Um, And I think it was at that time that I realized like, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I loved living in Cairo. It was incredible. Um, I've lived in a few other countries too, but I realized, you know, despite loving that, that the nonprofit world wasn't really something I wanted to stay in. Um, So when I got back to the U.S., I had a few friends who worked in marketing and I just talked to them about, you know, like my interests and the parts of my past few positions that I really liked. And they said, you know, marketing would be a really good fit for you. So started looking into some marketing roles. And then before my time here at Conklin, I was doing some like reputation management. So sort of got like a bit of a introduction into like content, basic SEO during that time. Got it. Well, that's an interesting way to get here as always to the marketing world, but really cool that you've had a chance to live abroad um, and experience that as an early part of your career. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Tell me more about uh, Conklin Media. Where are you located? What's your size? What is kind of your focus as a team? Yeah, so we are a bit on the smaller side. We're located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is pretty much just known for the Amish at this point. (laughs) Um, But you kind of have like Philly on one side and Pittsburgh on the other. So we're a little closer to Philly. Got it. Yeah, so we really sort of position ourselves as like a business growth agency rather than like traditional marketing. Um, But we do pretty much all of it. We do content, SEO, development, like paid ads, graphic design. Um, And our team is about a dozen people in-house. And then we also partner with like a lot of freelancers as well. Got it. Great. 
And with all of your different experiences so far in your career, what is one thing that stands out as something that um, you're really proud of, you think is super unique um, about your uh, you know, career thus far? I think just probably the thing I'm most proud of is just spending a year in Egypt. Um, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, it was really tough at times. Like I was the only native English speaker in my workplace too. And my Arabic was, I mean, I could be polite, order food, give directions and that kind of thing. Um, But just, I think it gave me a great opportunity to just develop like, you know, communication with people from across cultures and, Yeah, it's just something I'm so grateful for and I'm proud of. And I think that I can continue to use those skills too. Great, great, great. And I know um, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics today. Um, And you have had some wonderful insights so far. So I want to make sure that we we jump into that. Um, As a development team, uh, (laughs) we focus uh, a lot on on how sites are visually appealing, how they operate. And one of those things is technical SEO. Um, It's not something that, it's something that we work with um, and that we do, but we also partner with a number of outside organizations like yourselves to truly understand SEO and make sure that each individual situation is matching what makes most sense for the client. So, from a from a broader standpoint, Sarah, what would you say, um, how would you define what technical SEO is and, and how is that different than just when somebody says SEO? Do you feel that there's a difference there? Oh, yeah. So I tend to get a little bit more specific with the different parts of SEO because there's so many different ra- like ranking factors and things that Google considers. But primarily it's split up into like you have your on-page SEO um, your off-page SEO, which is people, you know, linking back to you, and then your technical SEO. And that's all about creating a good experience for both your users and search engines. Because um, there's so much overlap there. Like Google really wants to um, show the world or have you rank or rank well for sites that, you know, have a good user experience because it knows that that's what people want. So it's all about just going through and making sh- sure that things are up to speed there. Got it. And when you, um, one of the things that um, I find is important for our team when we're working with a team like yours is that you're involved from the very beginning. Um, I can tell you even with, you know, the professionalism that we have and our best practices on SEO and building for that world. Um, but if somebody pops in at the end, they always have their preferences. And so tell us how you Uh, From an SEO standpoint, you're in the planning stages of a particular build. Um, This, in this case, you know, assume that it's a a new build or a refresh sort of situation. Yeah. Oh, it is so much easier to be involved from the beginning and then going after and, you know, coming up with lists of errors and that people have to go back and change. Um, But yeah, I think one of the important things is just being involved from the very beginning and starting with even just like designing how the site is going to look and the site map and laying it all out. Um, Just because even like menu structure, interlinking, that sort of stuff is really important. And then just going over like best practices as well to make sure that it's not just put together in a way that's, you know, easiest for like development and design, but also is going to be SEO friendly. Right. You have that back and forth with... Um, 
with design and dev to make sure that everything can can yeah. be attainable, that it's usable, but you have to think of that, um, you know, multiple other things. But, you know, the other big one in my mind is, as a baseline is this SEO factor and how how is it going to work and how is it going to set up and how are we going to give something to a marketer that is scalable and not mm-hmm. a problem? So um, with that, let's say that, you know, you jump into a situation that's that's not ideal for a client of yours. What are the things that, what are the mis- common mistakes or common issues or give examples of things that you're seeing when you kind of initially do an audit on, on a site mm-hmm. that may not be in the best of shape or they didn't think about SEO from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always some new problem that I've never seen before, um, but normally like there's a lot of things that most sites have. Um one thing is just like sitemap and robots text file issues. Like that's a big thing is people aren't generating, you know, the sitemap or the robots text, or they're not adding the sitemap to the robots text, or they're not submitting it to Google search console. And that is something I consider like fairly foundational. Um, it's really hard to, you know, force Google's hand in anything that has to do with SEO. But that's one thing that, I mean, not necessarily easy to do, but it's something that we can certainly do, you know, by submitting it directly to to Google Search Console. So that's something that I often see missing just because I think it's sort of last on the checklist and it's easy for it to get overlooked. Yep, for sure. And and, And from a technical standpoint, those things... And somebody who's done it before, those things are simple and have oh my a, gosh, very, yeah. a very large return on investment. Yeah, it's something um, that I joke, like if it's simple enough for me to do it, like, yeah. And and also, um, you know, I, I know from my project management days, uh, putting in, uh, you know, a launch checklist of the things that you need to have in order was something very important. And the easiest one that caused the biggest problems was let's in WordPress, at least it was the robots TXT checkbox in the back end that says, allow Google to index this site. Essentially, if you forget to turn that off, you're saying, Hey, Google, like don't crawl this site and therefore it won't index. And so it, it is something that's very simple, but it's also easy to miss as you go from dev where you don't want Google to, to find your site to live when you do and checking that box is easy and simple, but it's, it's got to be in some sort of a checklist or it's a very, when somebody says that they can't find their site on Google at all, that's like where you go for, you know, question number one, no matter what type of a site it is. Um, as you, um, as you think about, um, SEO from a technical standpoint, how are you best communicating with your development team or development partners or outside resources? Like, how does that go? What are they looking for from you? And have you found a best way to communicate? Yeah. So first I need to figure out if it's something that I can fix or if it's something that dev needs to fix, because some things are relatively simple um, and I can do them no problem. But then there's other things that are bigger issues that I just can't get to or I find myself dumping way too much time into it where, you know, a member of our dev team could fix it in five minutes or so. So after deciding that, um, we have like a project management system that we use. So we use Liquid Planner, but really any project management system is good for this because, you know, you can 
have them guess how many hours it's going to take for them to fix it um, and then assign it to a member of the team from there. So that's really nice too, because I have an idea of how long it's going to take. So I can prioritize like other things on the site audit if I need to, as well as just sort of, you know, a date where we can expect to have it done by. And then I try to normally find out how they're fixing it too, just so if it is something that I can do in the future, it's easy for me to do. So depending on if they have time to have like a quick call or even just like record a quick video of them doing it, that's just really helpful for like my own understanding. Sure, sure, sure. And um, as you're, uh, I mean, it's great. You got to have the back and forth and make sure that you have a, a clear way to communicate and also that it's the right person for the job, yeah, like you said. Yeah. Um, as you're thinking about, um, you know, as you're working with clients, you're probably staying on top of kind of the, some of the trends and, and things that you can, you can do to improve SEO. Um, what are the things that you're, that you're reading or resources that you use to stay on top of those trends? Yeah, no, staying on top of trends is one of the biggest things in SEO. Um, and, oh, there's so many different things that I use. There's, like, I follow a lot of people I like on LinkedIn. There's always articles there. One thing that I found really helpful is actually a Slack channel for women in technical SEO. So that's really cool because people are always sharing like articles they come across and different insights and people are always like happy to answer questions as well. So there's also, I believe, like a Facebook community too. So things like those are just so helpful. But yeah, like it's all about staying on top of trends. Like right now, you know, with Google's like core web vitals, we're really seeing more of a push for like reducing loading speed, um, making sure there's a good mobile experience, things like that. And you know, it's not like a nail in the coffin right now, but we definitely sure. see things trending in those directions. So it's really important, you know, that me, that our team and that our clients understand that we want to start implementing fixes now. Yeah, great. And so you're kind of you're kind of staying on top of trends, you're looking at those things and then you're taking those and applying them to the activities that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's easy to read some articles um, and then just not do anything with them. Um, But it is, you know, it's something that we want to be actively finding ways to apply to, you know, the content we create. And then I just like to discuss things with my clients too. Like I want them to understand that I'm on top of these trends and that this is what they can expect in the future. I mean, it's hard to pin down exactly what to expect from SEO, but yeah, if I could, I would, but yeah, just nice for them to have an understanding of where the trends are at as well. Great. And so one of my favorite questions to ask folks in, in your seat is like, maybe you can take it a number of different ways, but like either like, a site in the worst shape you've ever seen and the crazy mistakes they made or like the, like how you've seen improvement or examples of like the impact. Do you have any stories like that about like how you've seen such great impact from such, you know, uh, you know, somebody not paying attention to it. And then after the paying attention to it, I don't need any specifics, but um, just talk about that for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen some wild stuff. Like, one site, and this is something I do for a nonprofit I volunteer with, but they hadn't updated it since, like, 2009. And in some instances, they just turned the text blue and underlined it, and I think expected it to be a hyperlink. (laughs) 
So that's like probably the worst thing that I've ever seen. But one thing that I find just makes a really big difference from an SEO standpoint is going in and fixing title tags and meta descriptions. So normally I'll use like a tool like Screaming Frog to just pull all of them, put them in a giant spreadsheet, and then just go through and come up with new title tags based on like keyword research. Um, Because for like one client we had um, big brand and they had like um, different types of like clothing and stuff and shoes, one example, and like the title tag for one of the pages for like shoes just said women's. Like, you know, not women's shoes or specific brand or specific style, um, but just, you know, small things like that where even just fixing those title tags um, can make a huge difference relatively quickly, even in SEO terms. Got it. Yeah. I mean, the improvements that you can make, and I assume it was impactful for their business. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that they're really glad that they they do do that. When you... um, as Sarah, as you're kind of like, typically my, my assumption is that you kind of work with other teams, marketing, uh, internal, um, Mm -hmm. on-site teams. How do you, um, provide value? Are you more tactical in doing things for them? Are you coaching them on what to do? Do you do a hybrid of those two things? What do you feel like works best and gives your clients the best return on investment? Yeah. It definitely varies by client. Like we do all of those things because some marketing teams are bigger or more experienced than others. But really what I like to take is coming up with like a strategy for starters. I think that's why a lot of people bring us on is because, you know, that's what we're really good at is looking at everything, developing um, a full marketing strategy. And I handle like the SEO and content parts of it. Um, And then we also help implement as well. So I spend most of my time doing like technical SEO audits, um, coming up with these strategies in client meetings, and then working with other members of my team who are working on more of the details, especially in regards to content. Got it. And so you're, you're kind of setting up that plan. How, how mm-hmm. important do you feel that that like initial plan is versus just like, oh, I'm going to go, I heard that you should do meta tags. So I'm going to go do that. And then I'm going to go do this. Like how important is that like holistic approach and that research up front? Because I know, you know, clients like to see results immediately and oh, return yeah. on investment. And like, how do you talk about like what to expect in the first, you know, what you're going to do as a strategy? And then how long does it take to start to see some of the results from those things? Yeah. And it's so tough to do that for SEO. Like it's sometimes I'm envious of like our paid ads teams who can just start, you know, making and testing ads and they're, you know, becoming profitable seemingly almost immediately. So I feel like we're constantly at war because we'll both be, you know, doing work for clients. And it's like, okay, right now, like you're absolutely crushing it, but hopefully in a few months, like I'll be ahead. Um, So it is, it's really tough, but I think, you know, having that roadmap is just absolutely crucial because it's oftentimes one of your first major interactions with a client. And I think it's a really good time to just sort of set boundaries and then also, you know, just have them recognize your expertise and just build trust. Um, You know, showing up with like a content calendar, for example, and, you know, being able to point out exactly what piece of content they're going to get, why they're going to get it and when they're going to get it is so much better than, you know, sending them an email every month like, okay, this is what I'm thinking for this month, you know, waiting a week for them to get back to you and going back and forth like that. And then, 
yeah, it is just, it's tough from an SEO perspective. So it, I'm more focused on the beginning at just like, you know, what tasks we're going to accomplish, especially in regards to technical SEO audits, um, because that's nice. Like we're actually completing items off of a checklist instead of focusing on like the rankings, like here's one you can be at, or here's the place, you know, you can expect to rank in X number of months because that's just, it's tough. So I like to, you know, start both of those pieces of work at the same time. So we're starting, you know, working on building links. We're starting to create more SEO rich content at the beginning, but then we're also completing those technical audit items as well. Got it. Got it. No, that's such a really, it's such a good thing to share and talk about and all the different things that you can do. So um, thank you so much for the advice that you've, you've shared today. So, um, but unfortunately, Sarah, as this always happens, it's a, a quick show and uh, that's all the time we have uh, today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Uh, you can find Sarah at conklinmedia.com. And you'll also see links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. No, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash business or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. 